Welcome back to the Reptiles with Podcast. Listen, in an attempt to be a little bit mobile at these reptile shows, we're trying out some new equipment. And I actually just finished editing the podcast. And I'm not going to lie, the audio is a bit messed up. But it's important for us to release this because I think we spoke to some amazing people. Um, there were some great interviews and I still want this to go out. So we'll do better in the next one, but let's get started. Welcome back to the Reptiles with Podcast. Today we're hanging out at the Orlando Repticon. I'm here with Eric. Hello. Listen, before we get started, this episode was brought to you by Repticon Reptile Shows, Premium Crickets, and Reptiles Express. Let's get started, Eric. So this is a face you've seen before many times now, but he's also a main character on the main side of the podcast. How are you feeling, Eric? Strange. Why strange? Because I'm not used to it. Okay. I still, I don't talk a whole lot in general, uh-huh. and usually, at least when I'm sitting there with you guys, I'm paying attention to my phone because I'm writing notes on the podcast, and yeah. I'm paying attention to the audio, Yeah. so I sometimes have to tune out from the conversation, so then I just find it a little difficult sometimes to kind of ease my way back into it. Yeah. I'll get used to it. How, how, so I can see her tell me I'll get used to it. So yeah. How do we'll you see. feel like now, I guess now being in, in front of the camera, though? Because, I mean, you've, you've been... For the people that don't know, and I know I've said it a bunch of times, but, like, you've been a main player throughout the whole podcast. You're just behind the scenes. Yeah. So, But how does it feel, like, being in the front of the, in front of the camera now? Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. So, for the, for the people that are tuning in today, uh, Eric works with uh, some turtles. He's very passionate about turtles. I like turtles. He likes turtles. Eric works with... Uh, he's... Going into the carpet python realm. Scary world. Yes. Uh, I feel like I have, unfortunately... Um, I think we fed off of each other. Yeah. I just... I feel like sometimes I'm just like, hey, Eric, do this. Yeah, but I did the same thing. That's the reason you have the brittles. Oh, you know what? That is true. Cause I got I, you on that shit. Yeah. You were able to help me get the, the right one. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a whole, that was a whole yeah. like, ballad. Like, yeah. Getting yeah. different snakes and stuff. Well, I think they were the right snake to get. I mean, the no, brittles... like the, the, the specific snakes, because you had the pair, and then it tended to being both males, and uh-huh. you went back and forth. It was a long You went journey. through two pairs, I think. I did go through two pairs, because then I had the, the female that was smaller, and then I yes. waited for... And the next thing that we're doing is the diamond pythons. Yeah. I just got a pair of those. They haven't come in yet. They haven't shipped, but I, I did buy them. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought they were chilling in your... No, 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 no. If they were chilling in my house, you would have seen them, 100%. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's another good animal to, to... I think it's great. To keep out yeah. outdoors here, they can handle the whole thing. I'm very excited for that. Because I didn't really look too much into diamonds, but after you got them, like, yeah, let me see what's going on. They're cool as hell. Like, they're temperate. They're yeah. a temperate species. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Describe temperate. Temperate. It's like... It gets cold. Yeah. It's like... I don't want to call it, like, the Pacific Northwest, but, like... Their range is very similar. They are the Seattle of, of the carpet pythons? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, they, they like it cold. Well, I don't like it like it, but they live in the cold. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Especially with that specific part of the world. I think that it goes ignored. Because when you think of Australia, you're only thinking about the northern jungles and the desert. But down south, where, where Tasmania hits too, uh-huh. it's like a, it's like a, like a temperate like fjordland. It's, uh-huh. it's cool. I think that that area of the world is so cool. And I think 
I'm going off on a tangent now, but no, I think good? that's what Antarctica used to look like back before it, it used uh, to look like what? Like that. That's okay. what a lot of people think. That Antarctica used to look like Tasmania, New Zealand, uh-huh. and Southern Australia. Okay. It's a very similar ecosystem. In this is a, the thing is, as far as I know, Antarctica is the place where all the governments go and do all their secret missions. That's what I understand about Antarctica. That's my conspiracy side. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just their house. Oh, just okay. Go one of the boys' houses. Yeah. No, no. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I'm excited to get into continue working with the the diamonds. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about what you're doing with the carpets? So you got I'm two doing, little projects that are that are yes, pretty great. I have one project that's already set. I just gotta wait a couple years. Uh-huh. I have some gamma stuff. I describe uh, gamma. So gamma is a three way between <laughs> between you got gamma entitled encompasses diamond jungle. And then Jaguar. Uh-huh. Um, so you have the Diamond Python, Jungle Carpet, which is uh, the cross there, and then you mix that with Jaguar, which is a morph. You create basically a very high yellow, um, high contrast animal. Um, so I have a regular female jungle that I'm going to pair up with a Gamma Zebra. Um, he's a very pretty little guy. He's a little asshole. Poops every time I have to touch him, but yeah. I'm raising those two up to have some babies. Hell yeah. Hopefully I get some cool stuff from them. But the main event, which is the part that's kind of killing me, I'm trying to produce snows, um, which is exanthic albino. So I have the female. She's an exanthic het albino. Yep. And I'm on the hunt for the inverse, a male albino head exanthic. Yes. And with the power of those two, I can create an all-white With all the white power snake. vested in you. Yes. Invested in invested. you. Invested. <laughs> uh, my problem is that the male doesn't exist. Yeah, that animal doesn't exist yet. So yeah. well, I mean, this year's kind of the year to get it because yes. by the time that you get the male, it matures. Your female will be fully mature. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm, that's kind of where I'm, where most of the, the effort is pulled to. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it. I don't really want to produce very much of them because those are going to be expensive snakes. Yeah. I only plan with both the carpet projects. I only plan on putting them together. Once every two or three years, because okay. if they lay, they're probably going to give me anywhere from like fifteen to twenty eggs. Yeah. And those animals are going to sit. That's not an animal that sells very frequently at all. Yeah. So I don't. Well, really I implore plan. you at least every other year. You think you so? Actually, you know what I would do? I would inverse the years. One year you produce the snows, the other year you produce the, the gamma. So every year you're okay. producing, but you're going like this. You're cycling it. Okay. Yeah, that that's what I would recommend. I've also toyed around with maternal incubation. Uh, I want to try that out, but I don't know how good of an idea would, that is. I would say if you're going to do that, do that with the Gamma Project. Do not do that with the Snows. Okay. You're going to want to be a little bit more to the T with I the Snows. I feel like with the Gammas, big, I had to kind of like play a guinea pig with them. I just wouldn't bit. want you to miss out on what you've invested. How so? What do you think will happen? With the Snows. If, if the incubation goes bad, the maternal. I see, I see, yeah, I see. You might as well do it yeah. you know, the way that everybody does that. But listen, if anybody that's listening knows where he can find an albino 100% head exantic carpet python hit up Eric where can they find you Reptiverse on Instagram hell yeah alright we're gonna rock and roll we're gonna do the show let's do it how you doing I'm Miguel with Perfectly Engineered Reptiles here in uh, Orlando Florida hanging Um, out yeah I've been doing it for four years been in reptiles since 2000 okay so the reason I wanted to talk to you is you said something to me yesterday, and it bothered me. Do you uh-huh. remember what it is that you said? Uh, yes. Can you yes. repeat it? So he said, we got to get you on here. And I said, yeah, when I feel like I matter. 
you matter, man. Why, why I do, you, do. Let, let's so, I want to unpack that. That was a, I'll say this, that's a okay. philosophical statement. I know I matter. Okay. Um, and that was more of a passive-aggressive jab at, uh, you know, there are people who have been in less time than me who have, like, Patreons, and they, not, not that they don't matter, but they really want to have a voice. And I think just like any trade or anything you do in your life, this requires time in it to, to be good okay. at it. And I it was just, look, I'm four years back into it. I'm new. I'm more learning than I'm, I don't want to be someone's yeah. mentor right now. I want to Got learn. You. I want to yeah. sponge. And I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So I've been, I've been doing this just in general reptiles since 2015. And it sounds like a long time, but yeah. I always feel like I'm a, similar, like a sponge. Like I just want to take in more information. Especially when it comes into, like, the ball pythons and stuff like that. It's like, I have a very good grasp on how, you know, I've been breeding them for so long now. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I just, I always feel like I, I'm maybe a couple steps behind. Or, like, I'm, like, trying to figure out an angle of how I could be, like, how can I be in, you know, a little bit more in the picture. You know, I made a comment to uh, one, of my, one of my close friends one time is that I don't have, like, a lot of, like, close ball python friends. And I yeah. realized, I realized, I was like, all of my friends are like outside of ball pythons. I'm like, I think I'm part of the community, and then I'm not, dude. It's tough though. Uh, yeah. You know, part of that comment too is I think social media has given people a platform to have a voice. Okay. And I think oftentimes, uh, you know, there's a saying in a debate: the right person doesn't always win. Sometimes it's the loudest. Okay. And in the old days, you know, when I was doing this in 2000, there was a lot of misinformation, but. You had to research it. And now you can get on YouTube and maybe your ball python friends. You know, there's a lot of uh, non-facts going around disguised as facts. And okay. a lot of people don't do the due diligence. So I think that's part of it is, you know, I hear stuff, but you always have to fact check. You know, how real, how true. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think ball python, because financially it's the biggest. Yeah. It's not about how cool they are or anything like that. Just It generates more money than other reptiles. Yeah. It, uh... It feeds the ego of people. Okay, okay. And so sometimes truth isn't always their goal. And that was, my comment was more, I don't want to have an opinion. I want to still learn. And, you know, if somebody asks me a question, I'll give them my, but I want them to know it's an opinion. And I want them to do the work themselves. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. That's that's yeah. very, that's a very thought-provoking thing that, that you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, I do, I also appreciate, like, the circle that you do have. You know, I see, you know, the couple times that I've seen you at the show now, the last year, you know, you hang around with, like, Steve and stuff like that. And I like Steve a lot. Steve is... Steve's a good dude. My, yeah. Probably my mentor, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I have more than one, but he'd be the main one. Yeah, yeah. And every time that I've, I've spoken to Steve, even if, like, I see him, like, talking to somebody and I'm just walking by his table, I'm like, I'm not going to say hi to Steve right now. He's talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. He always stops me and says, hey, man, what's up? Mm -hmm. Steve's a, a very nice guy. You know, what's weird is you always try to say surround yourself with people you want to be like. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be a Steve. Uh, the reason I don't hang around with a lot of the biggest breed, and I'm not saying they're all like this. It's more my fear. Uh -huh. I don't want to project it. But I like being around people who put the animals first. You know, okay. I, I, the, the reason I'm as big as I am is I held one ball python. I thought it was so cool and, and it's turned into an obsession. But I never wanted them to be, like, a requirement financially. Uh -huh. Or I never wanted to be so big where it was a burden and I didn't enjoy it. Got you. And Steve was the first one that I met. Oh, I do this for a living. I don't have a job anymore. And he'll talk to you about snakes for five hours straight with a passion. You know, it's, it's when you watch, like, Steve Irwin 
Those guys, yeah. where you knew he loved animals. I get that from Steve. And Got it's, you. It's infectious. I like being yeah. around those types. There's nothing wrong with earning money. Uh, you know, oh, what's wrong with... I'm not saying that. That's a part of it. Yeah. But if it's your first priority, yeah. I'm probably not going to be close with you. Got you. Got you. That, that's Nothing wrong with I'm not yeah. knocking you. It's just I like animals first. Hell yeah, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about your business. you got a mm-hmm. lot of ball pythons. Is there anything else that you work with other I than am, ball I pythons? I am. Yeah, they're funding all my other projects. Okay. So I use them to get in. Um, this year... The only other species I'll probably breed and put on the table is Samboas. Okay. So I'm big into um, rough-scale Samboas. Um, I also have file snakes. Okay. Um, the the cape, for, cape file snakes, not the forest file snakes. Okay. And then I have boas, uh, mostly IMG, and then I like bloods. Um, if I ever can find them, you know, 20 years ago it was easier to find some of the stuff. But I never see rubber pythons. I'd love to okay. get into rubber pythons. And then uh, the other one that I'd like are uh, Taiwanese beauties. Okay. Yeah, they're awesome. I think they're cool. Yeah. Cool beans. Now, with the ball pythons, is there a specific project that you're going in a direction with? or? Where, yeah, I fell in love with Azanthic. I thought Azanthic, the gray scale, okay. you know, the removing of the yellow pigmentation that yeah. Azanthic's do, was awesome. So I've gotten really heavy into the DG Azanthic. Basically everything, DGA is anthic, and then... It's like everything these days has to have, it has to have Desert Ghost, at least. I do, I do go heavy in it, but I yeah. also have some that are just Azanthic, you know, I still okay. like... Yeah, I guess. So you. I do, you know, Firefly, Azanthic, stuff like that, but that, my passion is the grayscale. Gotcha, okay. The black and white. What line of Azanthic? So I work VPI, and so I'm of the mindset that there are a lot more line-bred traits in ball pythons than there are genes, than we okay. believe. Like, I suspect, it's just my opinion, and I'm not saying this is a fact, but I have talked to Ben from RGI. I think asphalt and uh, gravel are the same gene. Okay. It's just, whoever got the line in Canada was a darker one, and they bred for that, so over time, you make. Okay. Um, so, same thing. I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, this is the best line. I, I will agree that, like, the Snake Keeper has a beautiful line, because John Degg worked on it for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know... VPI didn't have that. It was propagated throughout. It's by far the most popular. But I have VPI, and I don't knock anyone for having any other line. Cool. There's nothing better than the smell of coffee in the morning, okay? There's also nothing better than the smell of reptiles in the morning. Psych. Reptiles with coffee. That's the smell you want. The strongest coffee, all right? We have it for you. Head on over to the description or go to coldbloodedcaffeine.com and use the code REPTILESWITH to get your Reptiles With Coffee today. If you want to support us, head on over to modernreptileshop.com or in the description where you can find our merch. And the best part is, is that a percent of the proceeds from the merch gets donated to conservation. One more time, that's modernreptileshop.com or head on over to the description. My friend, Mr. Mad Ball Pythons. How are your ball pythons? Cold. Why is it, why are they cold? What do you mean? Well, I went from ambient temperature to learning how to use heat. Heat. Okay. Uh, so you just moved. Pretty much, you're saying you moved from Miami, so you're able to utilize the temperatures in Miami in your shed, which were ambient temperatures. A lot of people have bred ball pythons in ambient temperatures, especially down in South Florida, and it's mm-hmm. worked out great. But now you're North Florida. You have to use heat. You have no choice, buddy. Nope. How's the the season looking for you so far? 
Um, it's uh, I'm gonna keep it simple this year, this season again. Okay. Uh, this this season I'm pretty much gonna focus on uh, my my entry projects. Okay. Or what we call entry something. Entry something. Okay. So there are different levels to being a breeder. Okay. We have the beginner breeders, which are usually like the really small hobbyists that they're just getting into it and stuff like that. I would say that there's like the middle ground people, which is kind of like where you and I are, where we've been, we've done it for a long time. We know the thing, but we're not, you know, we're not really at the top, 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 top as far as like the people producing the best stuff in the world. And then there are those people. Okay. Those, those people at the top, 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 they have a, a different I would say a different market a little bit, but also a different audience and stuff like that. So maybe they're not as affected with the certain like prices and stuff like that and how things are moving as as we are. Uh, so now me, as kind of like the middle ground, I am adjusting a lot this year. Okay? okay. How are you adjusting your collection in today's market? You know, for for a few years, I just focused on my blackhead stuff, uh-huh. blackhead combos, blackhead this, blackhead that. And in reality, I tried to stay away from the recessive stuff. Yep. The market has kind of been geared to where I am forced to start introducing myself into the recessive and stuff like that. Um, but I still don't want to do them like, got you I'll I have a few things lined up uh-huh. obviously just because uh, over the f- couple of years I felt like if I'd fallen a little bit behind like it's it's from when we started doing this stuff it's it was like a slow progression slow uh-huh. progression and I, you could have been easily one season two season behind and catch up real quick yeah, yeah now yeah. it's like you know you take you take your sweet ass time and it's BAM yeah. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. You know, it's like you, there's no way. And, and right now I'm in that in that area where it's like, yo, there's no way I'm going to catch up right now. So I'm gonna just going to take it back how I used to always do it. And then basically fill in those gaps okay. that people are leaving behind. When you say you're forced to work recessive. Yes. Like, how, how, do you say that because, like, it's hard to move stuff? Like, it's hard to, to sell in today's market specifically because if you're not working with recessives to other people, to other breeders, people, other breeders you're saying want recessive stuff. They want it, they want it, they want it. So you, you have to almost put yourself in the, into that position to be able to produce that, to be able to sell it. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Uh, no, I, I still do very well with the, you know, the, the codoms, codoms, single yeah. genes, you know, especially at, uh, you know, Repticons and... Yeah. Little shows, it's it's very easy to move your hundred, two hundred dollar combo animals yeah. than it is to you know your five, six hundred thousand dollar animals. Yeah. However, um, I feel like if a lot of uh, influencers, if if you let's just call them influencers, okay. to not mention anybody specific or whatever, it's it's in reality we're all doing it. To where everything is being geared more to an investment versus a passion. So therefore, that's pretty much what's pushing me to start doing 
double double recessive, triple recessive, uh-huh. triple recessive with two or three cold arms. Yeah. Um, that's everybody's gearing the market in that in that fashion. Yeah, yeah. I think that ball pythons are moving like as far as like the progression, like it's moving fast. Very fast, like you're saying. Uh, I think that there's still passion in the investment side. You know, I think that there's different there's different avenues, you know. But I also feel very similarly where, and I know I've said it on and on and on on this podcast, especially when I'm doing the reptile shows and I'm talking to ball python people, uh, you know, th- this past year that I am always like, I feel like first I was feeling like, oh, I'm playing catch up. And now I'm like, I got to rework the whole thing. Even though I thought I was reworking it last year, but now I'm just like, no, I was just still playing catch up, you know. So I'm in like a position now where I'm, you know, obviously, a lot of people when when markets drop, they kind of like freak out and they sell all their all their stuff. They want to, uh, they they like, kind of like, get panicked and they're like, I gotta get rid of everything because I'm not gonna be able to sell anything. But I don't think that that is the reality. But it is probably a good time to maybe move some of the things in your collection that don't make a lot of sense. I think you it's know? a I think it's a very good it's it's a good time to reset. Yeah. You know, it's it's man. It's a good time to invest. It's the best time to invest it's because it's the best of the price, time to yeah. invest and it's a good time to reset and basically restructure your collection. Yeah. And I know we're talking a lot about ball pythons right now, but this goes with pretty much every reptile. I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 if, if you're in a quote-unquote industry, like this is just like, the, you know, this year would be the year that you'd probably want to be buying stuff because prices are more than likely still going to be on the low side and are, things are going to be accessible for the most part. But reset, I like that word reset because it's not like you're getting out. It's more like you're if, if you don't have the capital to just go straight into investing into something else, this gives you an opportunity to look at what you have, see the cards that you're playing with, decide I need to pull these cards so that way I can generate capital to reinvest. It's just circulating that money. And you might be shoot, shooting yourself in the foot a little bit, selling some of the some of your quote-unquote adults maybe that are producing some kind of something. But if that's going to help you set yourself up in the future, this might be the, the, the year to do that. Help the help the new breeder out, get get them some decent adults, and then you are able to reinvest into uh, something I mean, you really want to work with. I mean, absolutely. You know, I've, I've been very comfortable doing... 40, 50, 60 clutches a year without even thinking about it. Whereas 2022 and 2023, you know, and maybe now even 2024. 2024, I'm just, my, my, my breeding it is completely different. My 2024 season for me is going to be more geared towards my Dinker project. Stuff that I really left on the back burner just because sales were pretty decent. Uh-huh. You know, you could basically breed a pastel to a pastel and sell your super pastels without a problem yeah things you know things have slowed down a bit bro you can't um, even sell bananas right now bananas I, are crazy dude i sell bananas all the time but i have issues bananas are bananas yeah. it's bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s like just, Gwen just, Stefani says just like that that six gene banana that i got there dude that yeah. shit is fucking insane dude but I just can't drop the price because that's one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? If I don't get what I'm asking for, I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> like, fuck that. You have a fucking a banana pie proven breeder female up there. I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a banana pie, man. Just. I the, one of the first quote unquote investment animals I bought was a banana pie on an auction, and that was the first time that I spent a thousand dollars on a snake. And it took forever for him to breed for me. And by the time that I sold him as an adult, he was a couple hundred dollars. It was crazy. My my first clutch (laughs) was a normal to a pastel banana. We got 11 bananas and Uh two normals out of that clutch. Damn. That's when I was with uh, Jonathan Fultz at Breeder Circle. Uh And how much did those bananas sell for? I traded them for normal adult females. That's crazy. I got like two or three normal adults for every banana I traded out. That's crazy. And then you just did it again the next and year. And then I just did it again. And then again. And then I, I, I'm constantly recycling my collection, dude. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. There's, there was even a time where I had to start all over from scratch. I'm even thinking of considering starting from scratch again just because it gives me a better perspective and an understanding. Of, I, I got too comfortable where I don't even look at the market anymore. Uh-huh. And now that I've been looking, I'm like, you know, I have all these animals right now. It's it's not where I want to be. Understood. Understood. You know, so it's like you start collecting because of the market. And yeah. It's like, ugh. so right now I'm at, uh, I went from 147 adult females. I'm probably like at 70 right now. I think I want to go down to like 30 or 40 and just start from scratch. And educate people and teach people, you know, that it's possible. Yeah. You yeah, could yeah. you could go down that much and still have a badass season. Yeah. And and go from there, start raising more females, you know, or make things that you want to do and just raise them. Hell go yeah. find and go find that one male or that one female that you just want to plug into your collection in the future and yeah. I don't know man. I, I the market is alright. Yeah. It's just not the best right now to be bringing in 70 clutches yeah and then feed them for god knows how long yeah and you've you've been doing this a long time this isn't the first time that you see something like this happen in the market oh no man so it's the first time that i see that with so many outlets it's still very hard to move product Uh. to a point where not even wholesalers are interested in in your product yeah that's when you know it's pretty rough yeah but because of Morph Market and because of all the other social media platforms that has, like, eased out a little bit, um, you know, there's a lot more reach. So you're definitely reaching a bigger audience. Yeah. And moving some stuff. Uh, you got a lot of stuff on your table, but I yes. really like, I want to talk more about the wet specimens. Okay. You're keeping them in alcohol or formaldehyde? Like, what's the what's They're the in there? 70% isopro alcohol. Okay, sweet, sweet. But they're fixed inside with formaldehyde. Gotcha, gotcha. And they're injected, like, throughout their body. Okay. So they're injected in the cloaca, in the mouth, sweet. any open areas, yeah, and then just up the, like, body cavity, like, knowing where the anatomy is, like, the stomach and stuff okay. get that part is that it. super difficult like if someone just wanted to get into it and start doing that I don't think it's necessarily hard to do it's more hard to find the stuff okay because like you're looking at getting like all those like ball pythons and boas and the skinks and stuff 
it's finding the people who have that okay. stuff to give it to you. Yeah. Um, and then knowing how to work with the chemicals safely, yeah, yeah. which is just kind of like PPE. Yeah, exactly. We learned that yeah. over the panorama. Yeah, you know? yeah. We're very familiar. Yeah, it's like, all right, guys, you have to cover your faces Gloves, now. Hands, don't breathe know. this. Yes, wear, wear uh, glasses, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't touch it, don't lick it. Yep. Don't Dang drink it. the water. Dang it, I really don't wanted to do that. Don't drink the water. It looks, looks so yummy, clear. you know, it's like, it's so refreshing. Yes. <laughs> so... Where are, if you don't mind saying, like, where are you getting the specimens? Are you usually donations? Are you buying them? Um, so I actually will kind of go around at like the shows like this and walk around to other vendors and just be like, hey, do you have anything dead in your freezer yeah. that you are just sitting on okay. that you would like to get rid of? Yeah. I personally don't pay for them. Okay. I will trade for them. Yeah. So I'll trade uh, other animals. I'll trade, like, if somebody wants me to preserve something for them, yeah. I'm more than happy to do that okay. also. But, um, I usually just get them, like, gotcha. as a donation. Gotcha. When you think, like, if you're a large-scale breeder, like, 10%, you can expect a 10% loss every year. Right, yeah, yeah. And 10% if you have 100 animals isn't, you know, yeah. a lot. But 10% if you have 1,000 animals... Yeah, and you usually, like, to, stillborns, old yeah. breeders, stuff happens. Yeah, and you start to look at that, and then you have a lot of this stuff. Okay. You have to catch it really fast. Right, it can't right. be decayed. Right. But, yeah, if you catch it fast, it's great. Do you do, um, like, personal for people? Like, if yes. they want their own pet doing it? I'll do, like, wet specimens as commission. I don't personally do taxidermy right now. Gotcha, um, okay. I'll mummify. Okay. Um, there's a lot of ways you can preserve the right, reptiles, right. though. Um, yeah. Some people like to freeze-dry them. I found a... Uh, but that thing is expensive. Yeah, I found a dead corn snake once that was just like it had it had to be heat exhaustion because oh, it like gross. interesting story it was stuck in like a chain link fence you know like but like oh, obviously guy. not like the actual cans because yeah, yeah. they can easily fit through yeah. there but like the tubes oh he okay. found a hole and it was in, Why there. Is he going in there yeah on the way out i guess he just overheated and he died and i found him that guy and i, I eventually worm him out of the hole yes. i'm like he's fully intact the ants haven't even gotten yeah. to him so like I've, I've had him in my freezer for a little bit i wanted to do like with domestic beetles, kind of get them to eat it yeah. away, get the, the just the skeleton around. Yeah. But I think it's like it, it, it also fits in like the macabre feel of reptiles. Yeah. People are usually weird. I, you got bugs on the table yeah. too with inverts, so it's like it's another like hey, you, people are weird. They like the taxidermy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not for everybody, but you know, nothing is. Yeah, yeah. Nothing and is. especially if it's like a pet that you really love, you really cared about, and you just want to keep them around a little bit longer yeah like, I mean and even if it was something was just like a failure to thrive I mean a lot of us that are breeding these animals like this we love these animals yeah, yeah. so it's just like a nice way to like remember them yeah exactly and let them go live on their lives elsewhere yeah exactly we exactly. love that you know speaking of uh, inverts you've got a lot of tarantulas and stuff are you breeding those yourself you've got breeders or I breed some of them myself okay um I mostly will buy like egg sacks. That's oh, my favorite okay. thing to do. Gotcha, gotcha. So I like to buy an egg sack where they're still like just coming out of it, where they're right. like little little beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then cup them myself and do that. Sweet. Because that's fun. No, yeah. I like to watch them go through like the like the weird yellow stage. To, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, you're a whole ass bug. <laughs> yeah. Do you like open them up and let them like come out and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of like watch it. I have a couple friends that are better at it than me. Okay. So I'm like, how should I do this? Gotcha, please, gotcha. Please guide. Me yeah, no, especially journey. when you've got like 80 to 100 spiderlings. Do you separate them all? You just kind of like... The scariest one was I had, so I got it. I bought an HMAC egg sack. Yeah, jeez. And there was 100 of them in there. Oh, my God. And I was like... I mean, I I was like, this is yeah, this is it. This is it. I'm like, I need to do this at my peak performance <laughs> yeah, level. Like, yeah. I need to be on it. Yep. And it took hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. And you separate them all. You don't let yeah. them like kind of eat each other I, off. I just separate them all, um, just because. They'll, if they're failure to thrive, you'll see it right away. Yeah, okay. It's easier that way. I mean, it's 
not all of them are going to make it, but a lot of them will. Gotcha. Because it's art. It's all artificial. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's like when uh, I heard about P. Metallica that how mm-hmm. sometimes they can reproduce parthenogenically. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you've got your P. Metallica, and then egg sac. You don't see the egg sac because she's like in her web. Yeah, she's yeah, hiding yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, you've got like 40, 50 P. Metallica's in the enclosure. I'm like, oh my god, no, no. <laughs> Get that paintbrush out. Get yeah, to work. literally Get a nightmare. To work. A Get nightmare. scooping. And it's not like scorpions either. Scorpions are easy because then you just use the UV light are they after easy? a first shed. You're are like, all right, look easy? for them. I don't know I think if I'd so. call them easy. <laughs> definitely yeah. more than scorpions or than spiders. I think spiders are a lot the more. The scariest work. is the centipedes. Uh, yeah. I had a, I yeah. got a gravid. We can plan a little bit for centipedes. I got a gravid Vietnamese. Jeez. <laughs> I love the the process though. We get, we had um flagtail centipedes. <laughs> I've seen flagtail centipedes and they'll like do the little burrows yeah, and yeah, they'll like yeah. curl up with the eggs yeah. and then they'll hatch and turn into like the little tiny centipedes. It's, like, yeah. it's so cool. They're so cute when they're little. But then they'll yeah. They'll still get you though. <laughs> yeah. They will still yeah. get you and it will still hurt. Yeah. You ever been bit? Uh, yeah, so I've got I got got by some baby of the Vietnamese. Ugh. The worst thing I got got by was Arizona bark scorpions. Yeah, oh. And oof. that one, I I was like, do I go to the hospital? Yep, yeah. It was burning because it's lingering. It lingers. It lasts a couple hours. I didn't. I couldn't feel my hand all the way for a month. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Don't drink and do your no, uh, do no. your do your stuff. That's like, literally insane. I've no. had um, don't have that glass of wine while you're doing no, them. No, no, bad worst, things are gonna happen. Worst thing was probably just like a an Aiken forest. So it was literally nothing. But I was those like, are still those can still be really like. I didn't have any like symptoms or anything. It was just initial pain for like maybe thirty minutes. I was like, okay, we're done. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're done. We're done with this. Yeah, yeah. But anything else, geez, the Arizona barks are real bad. And I didn't realize how bad they were. Yeah. But they were bad. <laughs> yeah. That was not a good one. I saw, um, you know, Tarantic, Richard? Yeah. Tarantic Collective? He, he, was, he recently got something. Like, there's a video of him getting stung. And he was like, Ooh, and I'm like, oh. Yep, yep. No, they I was him. crying on the floor in the reptile room. Yep. Oh, jeez. But I picked it because it got out. Yeah. And I picked it up with my hands. Why did I do that? I, too comfortable. I was like, I was just too bold. <laughs> too like, oh, bold. I got this, I got this. No, he, he was not going to have that. Yeah, that's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, best of luck. Thank you. I like the the mosh posh you got going on. Yeah, that's nice. I like all my stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We'll call it that. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs>